Uh, hello, welcome to Gas It Out. Um, we're in Triumph. We're about to do a day's commentary here uh, on the Grand Prix for BT. Um, and uh, I just want to apologise actually for the quality of the audio and everything. Uh, I had so many technical nightmares. I used every single brain cell before we even started. So that's why it's all a little bit sketchy. The sound, the microphones weren't working. Uh, but you'll see that uh, me and Hodgie are together. There he is. Say hello, Neil. Say hello. Morning. And, and Michael's obviously Morning. in the background. This is the intro to gas it out. Oh, oh. Is, there, is there any swearing? I can't even what you see. You've got a mask on, Gav. You've got a mask. Yeah. You can still hear through it. Yeah, it doesn't okay. stop yeah. sound waves. Yeah, hey, watch it. Watch gas it out. Is there any swearing? A little bit. Jules did drop a few swear words. I wouldn't even believe that, would you? No, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. Uh, right, anyway, enjoy it. Hello and welcome back to Gasset Out. This is a particularly special recording because those of you who can see, we're in the same room. Those of you who are listening, you can probably tell that you can actually hear Neil Hodgson. We're sat next to each other. It feels we've, weird. We actually, we, we brought the big mic and everything and we're actually recording it on a computer mic. I'm gonna show, people that can see, I can show the big mic. This is, this is what I record on every single week. Big mic. Right? Uh, it didn't work. <laughs> It didn't work. Well, it worked, but we couldn't hear Jules and we couldn't hear each other. So um, we were recording the intro after speaking to Jules. Okay, I'm confused. Yeah, but, but you know it all will work out in your head. Um, but we normally go into uh, the intro, don't we? We start talking about what's happened, but we just went straight into it with Jules. So uh, in a second, you're going to be hearing from him. Uh, myself and Neil are alongside each other. Um, we're still sort of dealing with the fallout from the first Grand Prix of 2020, which arrived eight months on, 240 days later, and was unbelievable. Had so many talking points. Yes. Yeah, one, one of the most exciting weekends. I've been doing that this job for seven years. I can't think of a more exciting weekend with so many things happening. I mean, they were saying at the start of the weekend, uh, in how we're talking about who's going to ride where in 2021, so we're already thinking about next year. And then suddenly it all gets brought back to the racing and yeah. what's happening out on track. And you get a first-time winner in Fabio Quartararo. The world champion has one of the most bonkers, yeah, bonkers. races yeah, yeah. ever with the slide. Where he, and I've seen people go, uh, Max Biaggi put something up. Did you see it? No. On um, Instagram. And he went and he found the black line. And he was saying how long Did the it? black line was out on track that he saw from Mark. Could it must have been massive. Match. I never thought that. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it, and then he's come back in the race and it, reminiscent of Argentina when he was pinballing Wild. his way through the field. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about all that with, with Julian Ryder, who, of course, is uh, a legend of print journalism around, about, around motorcycles, but many of you will know him as a commentator on the sport. Still commentary, still doing commentary, still doing the odd bit on uh, world endurance. There's quite a bit. He loves his endurance racing. Uh, so, uh, but just took a step back from travelling around the world with us. Well, we're not travelling around the world, as you can see. We're actually uh, at Neil's house because we're yeah doing some work um, at uh, Triumph, and you know how it's all going with all the setup there. So we thought we'd come and do something in person. Um, so this is why it might sound a little bit different. It might not sound as good as some of the others. It might sound better than some of the well, others. Like it sounded crap. So yeah. Anyway, I do apologise for all the technical 
mishaps here and there. But uh, enjoy uh, this episode. Here's Jules. I feel like I've done all the talking there. Do you want to say anything before we end? No, no, that was you've done a great intro there, Gav. I don't need to get involved. You'll hear me when we're talking to Jules because we're already talking to him. No, talking to him, spoken to him. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy. Um, Jules, uh, how are you? First of all, we're going to go in, I think, and record straight off the bat. Yeah, go for just There's go a for it. and everything here, and we yeah. and it's totally not how we do we would do this normally. But uh, yeah, weird because I was down at Triumph uh, earlier today, and, and we probably should have done it from there. It'd probably been a bit. Yeah, easier. I should have gone straight there. But, but anyway, but I've been in Wales, and so yeah. Anyway, yeah. are you well? As well as can be expected, gentlemen. Yes, considering. Uh, Oh, uh, long, long session at the dentist's recently. Uh, not all these are mine, boys. <laughs> Unfortunately, these are all mine, and that's why they look like a row of bombed houses. Uh, yeah, um, it's good to see you. I haven't seen you in ages, actually. No, no, I've only, only seen you. I've grown to love your uh, loft, though, was it, that you were uh, broadcasting from on Sunday mornings? A lot of people are jealous of that poster, the 1953 Grand Prix of Spain poster in the background. That, that cost actually... Nice, yes, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah nice one. See, Jules, you're better val value that. That's, that's right <laughs> up your street, isn't it? It's just if it's print. genuine and not repro... Is it genuine or repro? Oh, yeah, just a print. It's just ah, a print. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Not get, interested. Get rid of it. You're nah. absolutely useless. We only know. want the genuine stuff. Yeah. Original. Um, Obviously, uh, Jules, we've been doing all these podcasts and we've been speaking to uh, all the races, all those kinds of things, and we thought the MotoGP started, but there's one ingredient missing, and it was Jules. So we thought, wouldn't it be great to get his take on what has been, and, and we're not specifically a MotoGP podcast or show or anything like that. I mean, look, we're, I mean, we can't even sort out the lighting. I'm actually around <laughs> the... But we thought, with all the craziness of there being an eight-month delay to the start of the year and uh, three of the top riders getting injured right at the start of the season. Yeah. It'd be great to talk to you to get your take on the season of being one of the weirdest, most surreal starts to motorcycle racing ever, really, isn't it? I mean, you obviously anything like the pandemic, but I put it, come on, you'd put it into better words than idiot him and oh, idiot me. Well, you know, we've had on things like snow at opening rounds and all that sort of thing. But th this is quite right, unprecedented. But I'd like you to know that I put Brad Binder in my fantasy league team well before the start. Not a bad shout. Cheap. And, yeah, and he, he was cheap. He's going to deliver, isn't he? And very much so. And I think that's the... Everything else we sort of understand so far. Yeah. from the very small amount we've seen. Mark Marquez finally stepped over the edge rather than just tiptoeing along the edge mm. of it for miles at a time. Um, I'm gutted for Alex Rins because I thought he was in with a, a proper shout. Me too, genuinely, and, genuinely on the Suzuki. Yeah, and Neil and, unfortunately, myself as well. Uh, I understand that injury. 
It's the yeah. what the one serious injury I've copped in my life. You've done your rotator cuff, haven't you? Done my cuff, and I've got no nerve to the um, the the radial muscle here. Mm. So uh, my fast bowling days, you know, my chances of playing for England went like that. It's oh, uh, it a long time to get that. over. Yeah, I imagine a little bit of in-swing from you, uh, George. <laughs> yeah, I modelled modeled myself on Brown Statham, obviously, as a Lancashire boy, but uh, you're not <laughs> old enough to remember him. Boo, <laughs> um, boo. I, uh, I, something that you uh, said there in that first bit, what were you just saying about Brad Binder? Uh, Mark Marcus, that was it. So one thing that I mentioned, I said to, the, to Kev, who's our, our producer, and I actually said it to a group of us, one thing they needed to do uh, for this weekend Bear in mind, we're going racing again at the same place, which is another unprecedented bit of history that's all been made around this time, was they needed to clip mm. up all the times in the last six, seven years that between us, someone has said the phrase, the only person who can beat Mark is Mark himself. Yeah. Because how many millions of times have we said it? it? It's, a cli- it's a cliche, but cliches are also truisms. Yes. And it's, and it's absolutely the case. That one needs you know, nailing up in... 64 foot neon you know he it, it, it is the only bloke that can beat himself and as kevin schwantz i think i've heard him say it in years past that if you push him if you put him on the back foot if you make him take that extra inch or try and take that extra inch it's trouble because he there ain't the room even yeah. under normal controlled circumstances he is right on the edge and if you just tweak him that little bit, the chances are Argentina a few years ago with Rossi yeah. Yeah. Uh, being the obvious example. Yeah, you said it at the time during the race. During you? the race. And do, do you know what, Jules? During the race, obviously, I know you listen to the commentary, but I could, ju- I could just tell. It was like, I'm trying to work out where he was going to get to. And I'm like, I think he could be fifth here if he doesn't crash. Yeah. But I thought... I think he's going to crash because it just all yeah. looked too wild, didn't it? Years and years ago, I think the first year of BT, I think, I remember surprising Keith with this. I, was, I spent Friday and Saturday muttering about the Honda. The shapes aren't right. He's mm. pushing out. It just doesn't, you know, it's snapping in odd places. It's just, it looks uncomfortable, not we, not carefree. And he decked it in the race. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about, mm. that you're looking there at all these tiny bits of information and telling you that's yeah. wrong. Yeah, you sick, you, it's your sixth sense. I've been yeah. watching motorcycle racing and these rules for, you know, thousands of yeah. hours. You just get it, don't you? Yeah, you're like, that, yeah, yeah. that's exactly I, it. I was going to say, I'll point out to people who are listening that we are on the eve of the second the Andalusian Grand Prix after the first Spanish Grand Prix where Mark Magazine himself and, and Cal Crutchlow and, and Alex Rin. So we don't know. They've all been past fit to ride and we're sort of all in this kind of stupor at the moment thinking mm. about Mark's injury and thinking about the way that the, the, the championship, who's dominated the championship for the last seven years effectively, all right, hasn't won all seven, but six of them yeah. and, and made a good fist of, of the other one as well. Yeah. And we're sort of, that's what we're talking about. When actually, I think we should be talking about Fabio Quartararo, who's lit up our sport over the last uh, 12 months in providing this person. Oh my God, we've got a future here that can really uh, go tete-a-tete. Yeah, 
agree completely, but I'm also rather shocked by how Rossi's name has just not come up yeah. in in post-race conversation at all. At yeah. the, especially with the weekend he had. In the, he, exactly. He, on, on race day, he's chose the same time as Maverick Vinales. Then he's had an engine problem or whatever problem he's had that he's had to to uh, leave the race. But you're absolutely right. It's it's bizarre. And or all the talk before was, is he going to sign, isn't he? And actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's I can imagine... Right. Yeah, when, when someone has a bad weekend like that, not that nobody cares because they don't like to sound rude, but it's mm. just, let's talk about the main stories. And exactly. But that would, you would think that would be the main story, that, you know, Rossi clearly was going to make a decision if he was going to continue, and it, that was all going to relate down to his speed. And actually, what we witnessed in the three days in Jerez was his speed wasn't there at all at any time, was it? At any point, yeah. So you would assume then, going off that, he going to continue. You would assume. Because he, he's not he, enjoying it. it no, if he used to suffer fighting for the top 10, yeah. can you imagine him continuing? Exactly. And he was pretty much forced into this position where he'd always said, look, I'm going to do a few races. Yeah. I'll make my mind mm. up then. That's what, that's what basically... I, or Yamaha will make their mind up then, yeah. as the case may be. And what's, what's happened is, it, when I say he's been forced, he's been forced into committing, but he hasn't signed. To say, because obviously the way, obviously time was going by, so he made the decision. Yeah, okay, I will. It looks like I am going to continue, but then you, you you see a weekend like he had. Surely he won't want to continue. I don't want him to. No, you know what I mean. Exactly, Neil. I don't exactly. want to. Exactly. I want. I don't want to see my hero. Nobody wants to see the demise any of any hero. Everyone always, but it's that impossible thing of retiring at the top. Yeah, it's, it's an impossibility. Um, without there being something left wanting, everyone who's ever thought about doing it. I, I mean, people that have retired at the top of their game. Bayless did. But then had to, because Beverly I know Troy so well. Troy didn't want to, but Kim did, his wife. Yes, and, and he but, made a promise. And, and, but, but he has come back. I was about to say that. He made a promise, but then the problem was then, when he retired, and Troy would say this, we'll have to get him on this, on Gas It Out and have a chat to him about it, but I know it was eating away at him because what he kept thinking was, I can still beat all them and I'm sat at yeah. home and I don't want to be sat at home. So yeah. when, who, I can't remember who got injured, but then he replaced somebody, did a couple of rounds and that was the wake up call of actually five years have gone by and yes. time waits for no man. You know what I mean? As in, things move on, don't they? I mean, and if you're Valentino... Mick Doohan, for example, was a forced retirement, retired after five mm. world championships, probably still had a little bit more in him with Valentino on the, you know, probably that crossover was about there, but there was a, a year in between with Crivier and Kenny Roberts, that kind of thing. Uh, but that's a forced retirement. And I'm thinking of people who choose to, to bow out at the top. There are well, very, Stoner, very few. Stoner did. I know he wasn't world champion, yes. but he was still at the absolute top of his he game. He was at the top of the game. You know, that's if, a fair shout. If he would have continued that following year, he'd have been one of, if not the favourite for the title. Because Honda wanted to sign him, didn't they? Resign him. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm Martin, I'm just Martin, looking at the factory shop. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking for my book to work out how many of the previous recent world champions have retired voluntarily. Mm. Not many. Kenny Roberts Jr. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I said Alex Cribier. 
Well, there he were, uh, and then he retired mid-season because he was getting uh, flashes. Yeah, he, he, there was seemed to be an issue, didn't there? But again, Nick obviously after not. his World Championship, there was a demise. After Kenny's World Championship, there was a demise. Mm. But mm. what about Kenny Roberts Senior? Yeah, I think you probably call you probably say he retired voluntarily. Mm. Uh, Barry Sheen from the same era, I suppose so, but he ran out of options, he couldn't get a bike, was yeah. basically Barry's problem. And on it, it goes. It's, it's a rare thing. We don't want we don't want it to happen to Valentino it's in retire, but it has to happen at some some point. Let's let's go back though to the start of, of the the year, I suppose, and this lockdown, this this period of, of four months off and they all reconvene. Uh, back at Jerez, and it looked like uh, Mark Marquez was well throughout the weekend was clearly a cut above. All right, okay, uh, and then what happens happens. So the the big quote to come out of the first weekend is Alberto Puch saying a championship without the best rider in it is not worth the paper it's printed on. We're looking at you now, Jules. <laughs> what what what's your take on I that? I was imagining. You just at home about that. Yeah, I can picture you at home. Oh, I, I just what a load of. I mean, it, it's. I don't even think that's Honda's view. It, it, it's utter utter rubbish. Otherwise, you know, whose championship shall we go over? Shall we go over yours, Neil? Exactly. You know, yeah, we had a factory Ducati. You know. Yeah, you it, could go back and go. I, yeah, I had a factory Ducati and, and Michelin tyres, and Troy Bayliss and Colin yeah. Edwards left the championship. So does it not count? Where, exactly, where do you draw the line? Yeah, exactly. It, it's absolute bollocks. Hey, Julian, so, the, the trophy that says it counted. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Precisely. I've got this bit of paper here that says, you know, uh, yeah. Ben Hodgson. Hey, Jules, yeah. I'll put a good example. Do you know how much sleep I've lost over the fact that Troy Bayliss and Colin Edwards weren't there? None. I think a, ne a negative. I would assume, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I then, I sort of, what comes out of that is Alberto Puchis was trying to play mind games, wasn't he? That's, that's all I see it as. It's all trying to somehow wind up the youngster. Clearly, last year I had this feeling that Mark was doing. I know, I know, he was doing everything to win every race, but it was almost this special bit of venom that he wanted to make sure that Fabio didn't win a race. Like at the end of Mizano and the end of well, Thailand and these little bits of coming it's, in. It was almost, it. It's almost yeah. now he's won. Pucci's trying the mind games to still play with the, the rivals. Because there's the challenge. Mm. Just 21 years old. And apparently, from the eyebrows northwards, impervious to pressure. Mm. Clearly. Uh, and that, that is a threat. Mm. Uh, I think Binder will be. Mm. The KTM will be because you look at how Miguel Oliveira shaped as well over Harris. I mean, you know, I'm a fan, so you know, solidly deep in the top 10 in quite a few sessions. Banyaya looked like he was back in the game. Yeah. Hell, I said he'd be rookie of the year by, by, uh, by a street the other year. Fabio, who? You uh -huh. know, um, it's, you know, he's got more to come. There, are, there is a generation, there is a new class. Yeah. Of it's a changing of the young, game. It really is. Yeah, you could even put Jack Miller in that, couldn't you? Yeah. As the, the spearhead of these, uh, mm. uh, of these kids. Because Jack is looking much more like a grown-up. He believes which it. Which is a good thing. He believes it. 
He believes. Oh, it. he looks like it's just something, something Neil and, um, well, uh, my old uh, hero Ivan Major, the greatest speedway rider who ever lived, always talked about every bit of the jigsaw has to drop in with no pressure. It mm. just has yeah, to slide yeah. in. Yeah. Oh, and just um, on the subject of oh, the best major lost a world title in Poland in a runoff with an unknown pole who probably got to do a runner at the tapes and uh, it was filthy weather and Ivan over the years was always said well you must regret that title going and he just snapped back always I made a mistake he didn't mm. and that is the answer to people like Pooch Marquez made a mistake yeah 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 Jules, it wasn't a, it wasn't an oil leak that spat him off. It, it wasn't T boned. Right around. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was the throttle works both ways. Yeah, as, yeah. As one of your favourite. Yeah, the, the bike is obviously a swine again, mm. but that's what they employ Mark Marquez for. Mm. Who knows what? I'll get my major story. What, what, sorry. What, what do you make of uh, of this concept then of? Uh, what do you both make of it, actually, of the back-to-back -back races in MotoGP a week later? I'm absolutely fascinated by it happening for the first time. That I, We're not sure what's going to happen. We're not sure how it will pan out. It happens five times uh, this year. Mm. In theory, everything should be that little bit closer, but bike racing's not good at following the script, is it? I, I keep trying to think if anybody's been noticeably quicker on a Monday test That's regularly. That's a good point. You know, the, the, the X, they needed the time. I mean, Marquez isn't going to ride tomorrow. Uh, part of the reasoning being, what's he going to learn? They're set up for Jerez in that, those conditions. But is there any, you know, is, is it a Dovid, is this for Dovi? You know, that he'll be able to get that Ducati, which doesn't like Jerez, never has. That was his. That was Dobby's first rostrum at Ares. I know. You know um, can Do can Dobby, you know, work something extra out with the extra time? And that's the only thing I can think of that I'm looking for. But for all I know, KTM might be able to throw a you know a big change into the bike and produce. A lot of people are going to be asking though, uh, Neil. I'll, I'll ask you in terms of. Are conditions ever the same? Even a week on, will there be even more rubber? So that affects the track mm. in a different way. Uh, Albert Arenas has told me today there was some rain this week. So mm. even then, the temperatures might not quite be the same. You know, the, are, are conditions ever identical? Very rarely, but it's going to be as close as it's ever been. Close because it. the temperatures are very similar, aren't they? So, and it might, we, we can say this, it, there might be no change. It might not be that different. You know what I mean? It might be a very similar result. There's very similar gaps. It might be, you know. There's no reason why it's going to... It's not all of a sudden Alex Marquez isn't going to be seventh place mm. and um, Jack Miller's not going to yeah, win, but, is he? But, but, you know, what I mean by that is nothing against Jack Miller. Well, Jack, but, Jack for example, just a word on him, I've spoken to him today and he said, well, actually, my arm was... There's been a little bit on the bike and my, my pressing on it, and it was. I think that's what's been. They had a numb arm. I felt I could have had Maverick mm. in the race. Didn't mention Fabio, but Maverick <laughs> will choose a different tyre because he obviously mm. wasn't. It wasn't the mm. one that he needed. Although um, in those conditions, 
you know, if Maverick had chosen the hard, he'd have done his normal trick and gone backwards off the start. Exactly. So, so was it the wrong choice? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And Mark would have checked out comfortably, not yeah. run around turn four. Good night, nurse. And it would have been mm. obviously a completely different race. So yeah. But it's never the same. That's sort of my thing. That's why it intrigues me so much. Um, I love, I love Alberto. He gets a, a sort of funny rap and rep, doesn't he, from everyone around. Uh, I was saying to Neil earlier, Star Wars needs Darth Vader to be a good film. You've got to, you've got to have your buddy, haven't you? And but I, I think he absolutely revels in that role. Me too. And I, I oh yes. I love him for it because. Yeah it creates so much drama. If everybody was nice and patting each other on the back and towing the line, it wouldn't be, this sport wouldn't be half as interesting, it, would it? And it wouldn't be honest either, because top level no. sport is never nice. And now, but I like the Star Wars analogy because Honda is the evil empire, always <laughs> works, doesn't it? You know, that's the, uh, you know, and if we could get Alberto a funny crash helmet with Miles skin, <laughs> and the black cape. I think that would work very well. But it's true. You but I love how he's grumpy. And yeah. he's, he's great, though, isn't he? Alberto is great. Oh. He, he don't want to speak yeah. to the press. He'd, he'd be doing very few interviews over the weekend now, won't he, because of everything that's happened. Yeah, you've oh, got yeah. You, you, and what I love about him is when he's asked a question, it, 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 it looks as if to go, why are you asking me this stupid question? Yeah. And it's yes. like, well, <laughs> It's about your rider. It's it's quite yeah, a yeah, yeah. subject, you know. I'm going to ask you this question. Livio had the same the, the same thing about him as well. The only in twenty odd years, the only lengthy conversation I had with Alberto Pooch was in one of the American races, and there was a show at a big hotel, vintage and veteran motorcycles. I toddled along, and there's Alberto. With a, with a young rider in tow, who obviously didn't get the choice, you know? And we actually had to talk to each other, you know? And, and it's, his dad collected vintage and veteran. So I used to get them restored in London. I said, oh, that place in Tooting in South London. Yes, how do you know? I used to live two tube stops from it, blah, blah, blah. And we had a conversation about motorbikes. Mm -hmm. Nowhere near the, yeah, not at the racetrack, obviously, yeah. and not about racing. Yeah. Yeah, well, at the racetrack, there was no small talk. But the thing Alberto. is, with Alberto, the mask never slips. With Livio, this is where Livio was different. Livio, to us, beside, would have a little bit of a joke here mm. and there, wouldn't he? He'd have a little word. But then, when he's on camera, I can play the role. It, yeah. The mask never slipped with Alberto until, as you mentioned, I remember once going, because he lived in London a while, did Alberto? Yes. Oh, he, he'd spent a lot of time over there. He had a lot of friends and, you know, he's friends with Spanish royalty. You know, Alberto is... Oh, I know. Dad and, built yachts, didn't he? Yeah, good him. family that, that, that he comes from. But yeah. I remember we once went and filmed in the UK with Danny Pedrosa and, and Alberto was there and I spent a lovely afternoon, lovely afternoon with him. And it was the only time, as you say, out of the track, out of everything, where that, but, but the mask doesn't slip. And I, I love it, I love him for it. And you've, yeah. got, you've got to have someone like that. I, I, the, the fact that um, I uh, asked the question to, to Dobby today, um, he's been runner up for the last three years and he's 16 points ahead of Mark, you know, but would you be proud and happy if you won the championship, which was the quote from Albert, and all the way through, would you be proud and happy if you to win the championship this year? And Dobby's just pissing himself. Finding it the most hilarious thing, to, thing in the world because they all know as well. They all know that Alberto's just doing yeah, yeah, yeah. plays, man. He's a loyal man, isn't he, Alberto? 
and he's staunch in his beliefs. He's, he's just what Honda want and need for the, uh, the non-Japanese frontman, because a Japanese could never be that. Yeah. Japanese can be haughty and a bit regal about it, but not really with the, uh, the abrasiveness that Alberto... Uh, Olivia used to tell you he'd asked a stupid question. I remember him uh, heckling Frank Weehink, I think, in a, the Dutch journal, in a uh, Katie Stander concert. Olivia said, that's a stupid question. And Frank, to his credit, shot straight back with, then he'll give me a stupid answer. <laughs> I remember that one. I remember that one. Um, wh where are we at then? Uh, you know, we've had all this time waiting. It, was it a good comeback for MotoGP? Oh, it was it amazing. Was. It was everything we'd hoped. Don't get me wrong. We, obviously, we don't want to see riders getting injured. But it was. It was. When was the last? What was the last GP we went to where three of the main riders got serious? Because they had all three serious injuries. Got three it, it reminded injuries. me of Aston, reminded me of Aston when Doom was hurt. Yeah. And Chance and Lawson went down. Oh, in, yeah, yeah. And yeah. half the grid was in the medical centre. Ninety-two. Ninety-two. Yeah. Trillier yeah. versus Barros. You know yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it, it didn't disappoint though, did it? It no, was it, it was great. Obviously, the race itself, watching Marquez come through the field was something else. Oh, you, but you, also you, watching the young twenty-one-year-old Fabio win his first MotoGP race in beautiful style, like like Ooh. he does the way he rides. Oh, and for someone like for, for like you, Jules, a, a journalist, where you go into a weekend with <laughs> five or six stories that you're keeping tabs on. And you come out of the weekend and you've got 10 other stories that evolved out of the and that one up must story have, heavy, wasn't it? Writing that one up must have been hell. And I found myself also thinking, right, who do I say is going to be world champion now? Mm. Yeah. And the name, hang on, how many races at Checo and Austria? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, hello, Mr. Dovizioso. Yeah. And Jules, did you, did you hear us on commentary? The Yamahas, the gap between the Yamahas' top speed and Ducati and Honda's yeah. is bigger. It's, and it's not smaller. It is. It is. Exactly, with no straight. With no straight. So, basically, it's going to be very difficult. Well, it's going to be impossible for Fabio or Maverick to win, certainly in Austria, impossible. Yeah. And it's Bruno... 15 miles an hour, not 15 kilometres. Yeah. Maybe not 15 miles an hour. No, it'll be, it'll be 10 miles an hour. 10 miles an hour, yeah. Yeah. And Bruno, you're saying with the hill, are you? And the oh, front. Bruno, yeah. What, what's going to happen in Bruno is what we've seen happen a lot. Two hours. It's going to be that situation where the Yamahas will be able to do the fast lap times, but come the race, they're not going to be, they won't be able to do the sweeping lines. They get passed on the straights by the Ducatis and Hondas. Yes. It's hard work. And, sure. there, and there'll be something in the way when you get there. Yeah, exactly. Not being in the paddock week in, week out now. Uh, and it's all, we can do this actuality, but I want to know a bit more. What, what do you, what have you learned from being out of the paddock for a, for a year or, or so? What have you, what have you seen about the sport that you love from, from taking, being able to take a little bit of a step back? I, I, I've stopped being quite so blase about people hurting themselves. Mm. You know, because I think when you're in there, you take that as part of the game and part yeah. of the... And now I find myself going, oh, my God, what? Mm. You know, he's going to be feeling that when he's 60. Oh, God, you know, it's... Uh, I'm, I, whether that's squeamishness or humanity finally coming out in me or what, I've no idea. Or, or distance. 
or distance from from well, the, distance has distance has, distance has produced this thought, Gav. Mm. Well, I don't push it off to one side immediately. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I wonder what you think. I, I spoke to the doctors today, and they passed three riders fit who you talked about the rotator cuff in, injury that, that Alex Rins sounds like he sort of had. Cal's got a skateboard injury, which, you know, maybe half a motorcyclist or cyclist have experienced mm. in, in some way. Uh, you've got Mark Marcus carrying an injury, which really should be seeing him out for three or four months. So, uh, But I've spoken to the doctor, and they say, well, they've passed all the physical tests. Uh, in the code, they've, they've done what the code says. So then I find myself asking, well, is the code right? Should, should, you know, should we be protecting them for themselves? So does di has distance made you think that a wrong decision has been made? or It is, it is uh, as um, an ex-medical director at Grand Prix told me many years ago, hey Richards, um, it is not a doctor's job to protect you from yourself or to tell you you can't put yourself through pain. That is not his job. It yeah. is his job. You're going to do yourself, to tell you you're going to do yourself lasting damage is his job. Uh, and so the only one, I mean, the one I'm worried about is, did Crutchlow have a concussion or not? Uh, no. So I, the doctor said uh, that the um, CAT scan came back as negative, but because he'd had facial injuries, that's why they said he should rest. So in theory, he didn't have a concussion. Because I'm still, I'm still very, very uh, windy about motorcycle racing's relationship and understanding of, of, of concussion. I don't, you probably watched the, it was a Man United match last week, uh, the French fullback, uh, two bangs on the head very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Retro job. Yeah. I knew Gav would get it. It was like, Gav's like, B, B, I don't know. Eric B, yeah, thank you. And it was, you know, first one of a lie down, get up, well, all right. Then another one on top of the head. And well, well, rugby's rugby's got serious protocol, and they really have taken it seriously. They, were, they had all those scandals with Bloodgate and those sorts of things yes. come to the fore because the old NFL and all the lawsuits that are coming through from there. Um, and it's one of those taboos, isn't it, in the sport? And uh, you know, we we I remember. When, for example, and I don't want to bring this this chat down at all, it's not about it, but I remember when Show You Tell Mazzaro passed away at Mazzano and tears in the paddock and we were all heavily involved and, you know, we were there and seeing what happened. But it was a case of, well, the, the racing goes on and all the riders, you involved, need it to be like that, to be able to carry on. You need to be able to compartmentalise these sorts of things. Yes. And that's why I was intrigued by that, because when you take a step away, George, and you're still massively involved, but you get that little sense of distance. I think that's where the reality is. Some, somebody's lost their life or, or mm, someone's yeah. dealing with a really serious injury. Yeah, there's potentially life-altering injuries going on. And we're going, oh, that's all right, it's part of the game. You think, mm. no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the, 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 the old protecting them from themselves thing is a very, very difficult one. Because that's not what a doctor does. That's the function of the managers. And we've all seen teams occasionally decide, do you know what, son? No, we're withdrawing the, uh, the entry this weekend. Well, that happened with Sam Lowe's. He did. The the team team said. Because what happened there, obviously, he went faster than everybody expected because he'd had that serious shoulder injury. Yep. They didn't think he was going to be fit. Let's see, you know, first time literally riding the bike, he's free practice one. 
and he went quicker than everybody expected. And that scared everybody because they thought, actually, he's now going at a speed where he could hit the deck because he was on the pace pretty much, wasn't he? Mm. Well, that, that's, that, that's the worry. It's the second injury, isn't it? Yeah. And I saw Sam said uh, on, in a comment, I think, about Marquez and Co. as Sam really well put, that um, he, was fit, he was fit enough to ride a bike, but he certainly wasn't fit enough to go the race distance. Yeah. Well, that's um, it's funny, the whole, obviously, with Marquez, Rins and Cal. Mm. It's, it's one thing being able to ride a bike. The problem with MotoGP now is the field's pretty much covered by about, if you look go off, obviously, last weekend, about 1.3. Yeah, around the shortish track. You have to be within 1.3 seconds, otherwise you're about last. Yeah. Obviously, it's a very tough track anyway, and then you've got to 25 laps within 1.3 seconds, or you last. So there's no point in riding. There's mm -hmm. that as well, isn't there? You know, you've got yeah. that to deal with. I spoke to Sam earlier um, and said, just to run it by me, because obviously things change over the years. I've had fitness tests myself, but I said, what do they do now? And he said... Basically, with Sam's shoulder, he said you have to prove that you first of all they grab hold of it and they do range of motion and they're doing all that and they're talking to you. How's it feel? Yeah. What's it like? Mm. And then he said, I had to, he said, I did a few things where it was uncomfortable, you know, like when they were like messing around with it, it was painful. And then he said, I had to support my weight. I didn't, he didn't say for how long. So, but it's not like you, they make you do 50 press ups or anything. Yeah. But then what he said, what the way they, they did it is then they evaluate, they're literally evaluating you. And then they'll go, well, yeah, it seems, it seems okay. After every session when he came in the pits, a doctor is there. And that's what they were doing with him. They evaluate it throughout the weekend as what, you know, like per session. And they're seeing your reaction when you come in and, and all that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they know you're going to lie. Yes. You're going to lie because you yes. want to ride. How does yes. it feel? Actually, it's a lot better than I thought. The yeah. truth is, it's horrendous. How does it feel? It's horrendous. Break your arm. Let me have an operation. And yeah. it's three days after, or two days after, do it, do it someone's now. doing this to you. How does <laughs> yeah. it feel? It feels yeah. like you think it would feel. It's awful. I actually want to start crying right now. That's how it feels. Mm. But what they say is, yeah, it's not too bad. I can deal with that. Yeah. I can deal with that. But I think, and I heard a couple of people say, well, the MotoGP medical directors, they're paid for by Dorna, they're in cahoots, the teams and all that. But you know what? For me, it's actually the medical system is better than it's been up till now. Personally, when you had the clinicer in the past that would give people a shot of whatever in their ass and say, go out, you can do it. A no. shot of courage. Am I wrong in saying that? I think, yes, that there's a, now actually an element of responsibility on the, mm. on the on donors and the organisers uh, and on the medical teams that there wasn't before. Clinical was all this kind of, this poetic yes. side of everything that, uh, well, with magic sponge, get out there yeah. and he'll give but it a yeah, good yeah. Whereas uh, now it's all being, look, we've put plates and we do. I mean, that's the situation. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's up to you sort of thing. I don't know. It, it feels like it's still better, but still there's way to go. Yeah, I remember yeah. Dirk, Dirk Rowdy's, um, who I was a fan of and was fortunate enough to work with for years, on being told that Dr. Costa had not pass some rider as fit. Rowdy's went into shots and I thought you could walk in carrying your arm in your hand and he would still pass you fit. It was true. <laughs> Which was Swami and he's, you know, about as near as dirt got to uh, lightheartedness. Yeah. Dr. Costa always had some special cream or an injection that could yeah. see. <laughs> or some pills. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I've had a few over the years. Yes. Here's a question 
for both of you, well, and I'll answer it as well then. Okay, so it's Thursday. Obviously, they're all practicing tomorrow. Marquez isn't. He's going to sit, he's going to sit Friday out. What do we think? One, is he going to ride? Is he going to race? And if he does, where is he going to finish? Oh. Personally, personally, I don't think... The thing is, they're so... I don't think he'll race because I think it's all a bit of a, a, a psychology thing. Leave it till Saturday. Get the other teams forced to work, forced to think, forced to think, oh, he's going to pick up a couple of points. Yeah. There. But by the same token, Mark's the sort of rider that will try and pick up one point and think, mm. well, that's a point that I didn't have, you know. Um, so is that Mark? Are we just talking Mark? Just or, Mark. Just Mark. Mm. Uh, I can see him giving it a go. Right. But I can see him pulling in. Right. I, I, I have this sort of lingering hope that Honda will say, actually, we don't think this is a good idea. Mm. They'll let him do a session or whatever yeah. and go, look, somebody, you know, 25 laps, we're going to uh, do, do the sensible thing. Which but I think is so a sensible thing. And I, I, and I agree with you. But Mark is a sort, he, he's running the show a bit now, isn't he? Yeah. Well, that's, the, that's why there's, he's even been given a chance. Because I can't think of many other riders, Honda or anybody else. Who would have been allowed to even try? No, they'd have been told, "Don't think so." You know, team's all gone home. His brother's team have had to set up the garage. Alex's crew have gone in and put the garage together. We all packed up. <laughs> I think you're right. It's, it, it's Mark power. This. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but again, Honda will think, well, okay, so if he's trying this weekend, he's got to be fitting two weeks' time. Yeah, there is that. Don't, as well, isn't there? Do not jeopardise that, is my feeling. Where, where are we at, uh, Jules, in the... I mean, you're a historian of the sport, of the sport shall I say. You're someone okay. who loves... I mean, I'm old. Yeah, yeah, are you saying I'm old? Yeah. No, no, what I mean by that is you've studied it and you've looked at it. That great book you and Martin Raines did, where you're going through, right, through the history of this. And this, the beauty of MotoGP, what it has is its history. It's got beautiful traditions and history, that kind of thing. But where are we at in the sport 2020, coronavirus aside, where are we at in terms of this being the most competitive or the most exciting? Or the, where, where, where do you view it in the, in the history of what we've seen? Well, certainly as, as Martin will produce the numbers and demonstrate, it's the closest, it's the tightest, and therefore the most competitive we've ever been for which Dorna have rather cleverly engineered as well with the regulations, don't forget, and the support of, uh, to a great or lesser extent, of independent teams. We get um, a lot of students of the sport, though, uh, I'm not, I'm, you know, who, who still hark back for the, the, the good old days, as they always used to call them. Where are you in that? You will, um, hindsight is a dangerous thing, and... Go and look. Yeah, there was a there was a couple of years of the five hundreds in the rainy Shwinsky era where it was incredibly tight. There were many more years that Wayne Rainey had won the title by by August. Mm. So let's not get carried away with the idea that it was always a bun fight. And uh, 
the last time I was talking to Peter Williams, the, the, the great ex-Norton rider engineer, he was having, he picked up, I think, one of the results books and went, oh my God, what's the matter, Peter? Oh my God, Ago lapped me twice. <laughs> and I was third. <laughs> that yeah, was, yeah. you know. Um, no, just can, can the rose-tinted specs, you know, it's... Uh, they are usually a complete waste of time so, and somebody trying to justify something. And again, obviously because of your background, you've been there, seen them all. Like I never saw Agostini, never, you know, I never watched him in person or Mike Halewood, which I wish, I wish I'd obviously, obviously I'd so wish I had. Could you, could you now give us your top five <laughs> Sorry, put you on the spot, just like you could have given me some. But like, <laughs> what you witnessed? Top five best motorcycle races. Ever. Right. I mean, the two. I I, I still maintain. Okay. The, I still maintain the two fastest men I've ever seen were Freddie Spencer and Casey Stoner. Hell yeah! In terms of sheer, outright blazing speed. Mm. You know, even Mark Marcus maybe takes half a lap to get up to speed. I, I've got this memory of Stoner's first flying lap of Mugello. It was on the grass between turns one and two. So, muck and bullets everywhere. Terrifyingly, terrifyingly fast. Yeah. Um, th then, yeah, obviously, you dial it back and look at the Rossies. The Agos, the Halewoods, the Surtees, yeah. yeah, is you know you it, it's um and the great the, the men who, who left early and went somewhere else and would have been and uh, I think an underappreciated British rider from the well he was South African, uh, Rhodesian whatever then but Gary Hocking, who was a stunning rider on anything and everything, um, was put off by the cycle racing by the death of his and Tom Phillips in the Isle of Man and by a horrible irony then went car racing was killed at home in South Africa in a car and he was something so there's yeah. a you know, Walter Carden the old MZ engineer tested him on a 250 first time Hocking had ridden a two-stroke even Luigi Tavari couldn't get it to the flag and Hocking came in after his first session and said it's running better on the left than the cylinder than the right. B, C, D, E, F, G, you know, gave him a complete rundown. He'd never even ridden one. And Carden always said that he, he's never been so shocked by a rider in his life. Halfway through that season, uh, MV came and uh, offered him a lot of money to break his contract. <laughs> uh, you know, there is a... An, a, a Beat the drum for somebody who I think history has forgotten mm -hmm. to a greater or lesser extent, and we shouldn't have. Yeah. There's the history lesson you wanted, Gaff. That all right? Oh, I love no, it. I love it. I love but it. what I love as well, yeah, you didn't. You've not mentioned Kenny Roberts there. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not picking on you. You know, but there's so yeah, many I mean, great riders. Yeah. Where, where can I put? You Kenny? didn't mention Mick Dillon. You know what I yeah, mean? Where can I? Yeah. I, I'm almost deliberately avoiding the great generation of 500 riders. Yeah. I mean, how do you choose between Wayne Rainey, Kevin Schwantz? Well, yeah. 
you know, how do you choose? You can't. Results showed they were totally different, but equal. Yeah. I almost want to put a generation of American ex-dirt trackers in, you know, like in poor third place or something, you know, yeah. the Yanks. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, the Yanks between 1987 and yeah, yeah. 95 yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. 70s to 80, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Roberts Law. Yeah, I didn't even mention Eddie Lawson. No. You know, back-to-back no. titles on different makes of motorbike, and I didn't even mention him. Jeff Duke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeff Duke, perfect example. I know, that's what I mean. That's I go, hello, you know. But that's why I asked you, know, you the question, because it's so tricky, isn't it? It is, I mean, it is impossible to, in any yeah. sport, I think, to compare different eras, generations. That's so true, yeah. Um, it's fun, yeah, but but it's ultimately... Here's one for you then, I've always wanted to ask you, I've never asked you this before. Who's your favourite rider then? As in, do you know what, I always loved this person because... Well, it was, uh, unashamedly, Nicky Hayden. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you could not dislike... One thing about that man. Yeah, yeah so true, so true. Um, yeah. Most of the rest, I could find something to dislike. <laughs> you know, without uh, some <laughs> easier than all arrogant pricks. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're all arseholes. <laughs> hey, what? listen, you've got to be what? a special person to be a bike rider, haven't you? Sure. Yeah, yeah. You, it's, it's it's arms on Troy Bailey is probably the bravest, nicest man in the world. I think you took lessons off him. When things weren't going right, you could not find him. You could have sent out the SAS and you would have not found him anywhere. <laughs> so true. Absolutely so yeah. true. Funny. You know, it's, uh, uh, and I, I never, you know, and again, I'm biased by the era in which I was working, obviously, full time in the paddock and was probably understanding things better than I did when I was uh, just a magazine journo. Uh, so I'm, I always sort of look back and try and think, you know, and how good was, you know, we haven't even mentioned, you know, should I put John Eckerold, the last privateer world champion in there somewhere? Mm. How, could, how could you not mention Angel Nieto? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> so many greats, you know what I mean? You were just stirring the pot, weren't you? Be, no, yeah. I'm not stirring the pot at all. I don't, I'm not trying to throw yours under the box at all. No, it's, no, it's, it's the hardest the question. The only absolute I've gotten the only absolute I've got is the two fastest men I've seen are Freddie Spencer and Casey Stone. Yeah. And nothing has changed that opinion. Yeah. That's impressive. What about you, Gab? Because obviously you've been in the Palais Cup for over two years. No, but someone like Casey, for me, it was just raw. It was something raw. There was something about mm -hmm. the, the way it, it, he like out of the box and rode around everything. I see a lot of Mark. Yeah. Very I see yeah. Mark. But what I've seen about Mark, and this is why I'm a fan, and I know a lot of people aren't fans, but I'm a fan, we're all fans, I think, um, is that he, as all the great riders have done, and I bet every single one of the people that you've mentioned have taken something from those that have gone before and added it to their armoury and then yes. put their own little stamp. The people who have changed the sport in some ways are the ones that, mm. that linger, the ones that stay in your mind, the ones who have taken what's gone before learned from it and made it even better that's why you can't compare between eras because exactly. the person who comes afterwards has the benefit of well they did yeah, that yeah, i'll, I'll do that oh, but if i do this on top of that yeah. you know you, 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 that's when you're pioneering isn't it that's when you're breaking boundaries um, mm. um, so i think every generation every 
builds on the on the last. The foundation they're the foundations of what you've got today, aren't they? So uh, it is, as you say, it's an impossible question to ask. But yeah, raw. But fun. But fun, and that's what it makes. That's what we want. That's why we're here. I've noticed in the background that people who are just listening to this won't be able to uh, see. There's uh, all sorts going on back there. Have you been busy in the auto jumbles recently? Oh, this is uh, this is the ones I don't like taking out and showing people too much. Oh God! Don't, don't drop don't it. Drop one. They're made of tin. They bounce. God, what's that? German, made by Lehman, about nineteen ten. Clockwork, by their standards, basic and cheap. A couple of hundred quid. What year? 1910. 1910. Oh, 1910. And it's only worth 200 quid? Yep. Yeah. They all survived. They were so well made. They're all still out there. Yeah. But you keep, you keep, oh, what's this? Oh, look at this. That looks, now that looks like, so what we've got here, some, some army, what yep. have we got there? It's, well, it's a German toy made by a company called Arnold, CKO Arnold. And they did it with a German helmet, like a British helmet, and, you know, for various markets. And there was a flint, there was a drive from the back wheel, up with a big rod and a pinion, and a flint that would spark behind the headlamp when you... Uh, what's that worth, Jules? Jules, what's that worth? Obviously, Selective we're, de we're dealing here with Neil Hodgson, and all he's worried about is, how much can I get for it? What's that worth, Jules? <laughs> Jules, Gav just said he'll give you five grand for the lot. <laughs> That's oh, about the rarest I've got in there, I think. Made so, in Liverpool. A tank. World War One tank. World War One tank. Look at that. Made like that. Whitley, Whitley Tansy and Co. in Liverpool. That's four or five hundred quid's worth. All right. Jules, I've got to ask you another question. Go on. People aren't going to like this, but I'm going to ask you. I just know. <laughs> they're Tell me how, how proud you are of Liverpool. You've I am. Um, you've, you've obviously you've supported them all your life. And yeah. Well, I was born there. Go on. Tell, tell, us, tell us about it. I am just utterly delighted. There's an awful lot of relief in that feeling as well. Oh. And immense. Because when... Liverpool didn't win, you know, the Gerard slip against Chelsea, the, the Denver Bar goal. I was gutted, specifically for Steven Gerrard, who I was a major fan of. But I am an unashamed worshipper at the altar of uh, Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. I, I mean, it's philosophy no on reservations top. at all. Yeah, it's philosophy on top though, isn't it? There's a, yeah. there's a person who has a human vision on, yeah. on everything. And there'll be yeah. people listening to this going, oh, you're not talking about football, but I'm going to say... Uh, it was 30 years ago since uh, Liverpool last won the title. It was 30 years since Leeds United last got promoted to the top division. So I knew there was an ulterior motive. You had to get Leeds in. No, no, no. Beautiful symmetry. No, I, I asked a question, Jules, because obviously you always talked about football, Liverpool, and I wanted to, I wanted to see your face answering that question because I know what it means to you. So thanks. I, I, but I do, I have to admit, Neil, that relief was a major part. Yeah, yeah. You know, the app. Lost. Yeah, super. So all these, all these motorcycle fans, Jules, and they'll know you as the, the, you know, the one of the motorcycle gurus out there. And they'll, there are so many motorcycle fans don't like football at all, mm. do they? It's one no, of those no, things no. where it's, which is fair enough. Each other on. So what do you say to them? 
I, I think if you're a fan of sport, you've got to be a fan of you're a fan of sport in general. Yeah. You know, you, you, no one is just a fan of motorcycle racing because it's really only blokes coming round in circles. You know, like football is only, you know, we're kicking a bag of wind about. You know, it's, it, it ain't, we're not curing cancer or anything like that. No. It is a glorious, irrelevant diversion from the boredom of real life, populated by absolutely fascinating characters mm -hmm. on you know, machinery that's trying to kill you at every corner. Mm. You know, it is a glorious irrelevancy look, you know, the, uh, amongst all the other glory of sport. Because, it, it, um, it, you know, it's like, well, obviously, you know what social media is like, yeah. not anyone, but people will have a rant about us talking about football. And I, I say, it is okay to like motorcycle racing and football. It's okay. It's, yeah. like, it's, okay. it's also okay to like Valentino Rossi. Who supports... And Who does Valentino support? You are. Who does Valentino support? Inter. Inter Milan, quite strongly. Mark Marquez, Barcelona supporter. Yeah. But you know, you know what I mean. Uh? It's okay. You can. Yeah. You're a bad person. Yeah. It's, 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 just fun it's fundamentalist bollocks. This idea that you can only <laughs> like <laughs> absolute cobblers. And I, you know, I don't. I'll watch most things except tennis, golf, horse racing. Sorry about the but golf gal. I do like all of those. The one, the only thing I don't watch is basketball. I've never oh, really got on with it. Never oh. really. I will watch everything. Me neither. But basketball is one of those. Have you watched the Michael Jordan thing though? Well, I've watched. Oh it. yes. And, oh. and I was. I went to Miami uh, last year, and I went to see the Heat, and I really enjoyed mm. it. And I've, don't get me wrong, I've watched NBA series, uh, World Final series, and that sort of thing. You know, and. Yeah, interesting. I just find it a little bit too repetitive. You know, mm. in terms they play too of, many yeah. games, aren't they? Yeah, they're playing every yeah. day and it's quite repetitive. But then again, I love cricket. So yeah. people would in, just don't well, see how that works. Talking of which, people enjoyed the Michael Jordan series, which I thought was wonderful. Yeah. One of the best sports documentaries ever, yeah. ever made is Fire in Babylon well, about the West Indies cricket. Is what? Fire in Babylon. I've, I watched it on a plane. I'm sure we must have been going somewhere. I'm sure we watched yeah. it around about the same time because I was in tears at it because it is, what is, what is it? amazing. It's about the West Indies cricket team of the of the late, uh, well, 70s into 80s into 90s. Do you think Vic would, into 80s, would Vic like it? Like she loved the Michael Jordan one. Yeah, Kate loved it. Okay. Does she like Bob Marley? Does she like Bob Marley? Um, I've never really, we've never really talked about that. Well, you should. It's a Bob Marley soundtrack. What? Who's Bob it's Marley? A, oh, well, you know, he's younger than me. The age, the age difference. Uh, it, it's a Bob Marley soundtrack, and it's about um, the all conquering. You know, it's like uh, who do I compare it to? The Man U of your youth, the Man United. Just sweeping the world for a decade right. of cricket, and of course you can't avoid the politics of it as well. And featuring Viv Richards, Sir Viv Richards nowadays, possibly the most intimidating sportsman I've ever seen in my life. And charisma, you know, it is just hmm? and charisma to boot with Viv Richards, oh, yeah. and Clive Lloyd's, and your 
yeah. you know, all these. What's it on? Where will I see this? I think it's on um, Netflix or Amazon. It's on one of. What's them. it called? It's been it's Jason. been around for a few years. Fire in Babylon. Fire in Babylon. Yeah. Fire in Babylon. But it is absolutely. And you don't have to give it like Jordan's thing. You really don't have to give a monkey some out. No. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a human story. It's, it's a story. Yeah. Mm. It's, uh, it still doesn't, you know, but then there is that, there is in it though, if you, if you like fear, the West Indian fast bowlers, they had four of the fastest in the world. So you never got a rest. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and with, there was no, always somebody. And with nicknames like Whispering Death. Things. Yeah, Michael Holding, Whispering <laughs> Death. Yeah. When I saw him at the Oval, I think he started his run up in Tooting, you know, and, he was, um, and the wicket keeper was standing in Clapham, you know, to catch, you know, it was just, and he just glided like an accelerating aeroplane up to the wicket. There was a whirl as his arm went over, and a microsecond later, the wicket keeper was going, boof! <laughs> 50 yards back as it tried to, you know, put him into Clapham Common. The most terrifying thing you've seen in your life. I'd rather have gone into a first corner, you know, at a Grand Prix, than stand out there with a cricket bat facing Michael Holding yeah. any time. Yeah. Bloody hell, that's saying something. We better get a second, but, but um, you know what? You haven't asked Jules any of your big questions. Have you not come up with any oh, big questions for Jules? See, normally I prepare it, I write it all down. Uh, Right, Jules, I can remember, I can remember some like me, I'll go to the ever-faithful usual ones. Right, Jules, uh, growing up, what posters did, posters did you have in your bedroom wall? Like, make Beatles. A, a I was going to say, you're back racing heroes. Did you have posters on your wall? or I, I had, uh, my grandfather worked for BSA, not on motorbikes, he was a, a clerk of works. I used to write off and get, you know, from the paper. I had BSA Thunderbolt and stuff, uh, uh, posters. And uh, as a youngster, I'd have been Beatles and Dave Clark Five and, you know, Mersey Beach stuff on the walls. But yeah. uh, gradually taken over by BSA Bantams and such like, as yeah. I got to be a horrible, unpleasant teenager. Second question might be difficult to answer because you've got to like imagining this happening. Imagine me and Gav taking you to the pub, right? And Gav buying the beers. So obviously it's already, it's, it's not going to happen. But um, what's your go-to drink? Oh, just, just, just a pint of bitter. I'm very boring. A, any particular bitter, like local or? Well, I, I, where I grew up, it was Marston's. Right, okay. My local boozer was a Marston's pub, so pedigree, if that's there... Was it a pedigree you went for with the Marston's, or did you...? Uh, only when I was feeling adventurous, because your evening was usually fairly short if you hit the pedigree early. Yeah. <laughs> Jules, I know you, you're a bit of a dab hand in the kitchen. <laughs> what's... I want you to tell me, me and Gav are coming round, and you're going you're gonna to cook us a three-course meal, and you're, you're going to give us the best, what you... What I do eat. best. Yeah. Three-course meal, what is it? Right, gazpacho, because I like gazpacho. Yeah. With cucumber in. Yeah. Nice with his bean in Jerez, actually. I like that. I like a bit of... Um, I'd probably do... Uh, it, it's better than it sounds. It's a curry. I'm, 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 uh, no, let's be posh. Let's do... Um, let's do... A, I'll, I'll marinate um, a butterfly shoulder of lamb. Ooh. Yogurt, chickpeas, cumin, in the oven, 
on a grill and underneath the grill the veg you know some sweet potatoes some carrots that sort of thing so the you know it drips how, how, on them how far are you from here. yeah and i'm i'm rubbish at pudding so i'll probably buy that from marks and spencers, marks and spencers you, can't, you can't go wrong um if you was to um go out for a meal and you could choose five people dead or alive to have that meal with from our motor well no from five people dead or alive i was going to say from the motorcycling industry but five people dead or alive who, who are you going to ask to join god you? i probably wouldn't take any anybody from motorbiking um <laughs> <laughs> this just means you'd have to pay yeah exactly uh yeah uh oh ooh, ooh. you can do it I, down to three if it makes it easier I, I'd, I'd very much, uh, Gary Hocking, who I'm a little bit obsessed about, I'd like to meet him, to have met him properly. Yeah. yeah. I really would have done, because I think he was obviously, uh, and my admiration for engineers, I'd probably want Walter Carden in as well, because of that conversation yeah. that Carden reported in Jan Leake's book on NZ Races. So th there's two. Yeah. Uh, I'd want an Iron Bevin, the founder of the National Health Service, because I've got to get some politics in there. Um, and I'm tempted to say David Bowie, but I'm too young for that, so I'd want John Lennon there as well. Oh, God, John Lennon, that'd be amazing. Um, one more? Yeah. Barry Sheen. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, yes. I mean, got I'm a better one at the end of the night. Yeah, you'd have a good laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. It's a bit blunty, isn't it? Yeah, it was a yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's gonna have a well, think about it. Well, he's, he's gonna do. He's gonna message me later. He's <laughs> gonna message me later on. Scrap, scrap him. <laughs> it's gonna be Jules yeah, and like five women. <laughs> yeah, scrap Nybev and put Kate Moss in. You know. Yeah, the, uh... So, <laughs> last question, Jules. We've asked you about your top five. Um, you know who you think is the fastest and good years and all that lot what I want to know is what's been out of all the years obviously watching and commentating your favourite race where you go oh my god what a race that was oh and that's a difficult one isn't it because obviously it is. I mean 2006 was the greatest year I ever saw yeah I agreed the, the, the Hayden year the last year of the 990s um, uh, and going back to Laguna Seca and Nicky's win at Laguna well, was a very it wasn't a race because Nicky cleared off yeah, yeah. Um, the oh my god race was probably Portugal that year yeah after Nicky had been knocked down by Danny because mm. I think that had you know what more do you want in a race that I mean quite frankly if I was still working and I'd done last weekend at Herod's I might be Thinking about throwing that in. Yeah. Um, it's got, it had, uh, I, I think I, had everything. Uh, yeah. 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 The, the, I think the most, oh my God, how do they do it race was Mategi 17, Marquez and Dobby. Yeah. And okay. a flooded Mategi. And to race like that in those conditions for the length of time. And there is something very special about plainly the two best in the world at the time. 
going at it without interference from mechanicals or injuries or tires or whatever. That happens so rarely. See Rossi, Lorenzo, uh, Lorenzo Barcelona 09, for instance. You know, it's so rarely you get that head to head. Have we had a, Mar um, a Marquez versus Vinales proper head to head yet? We thought we were getting that last weekend, didn't we? Uh, Philip Island last year really was the first time that we had that, wasn't it? And Mark threw it and up the inside and Maverick tried to yeah. test it and went down. Yeah. That's, that was, yeah. it was yeah. sort of, we talked about it almost at the time as, oh my God, it finally happened. But it, it didn't uh, Yes. Yeah. Yes, I remember the, the remark in commentary, yes. Um, but, you know, it, it is such a rare event to get mm -hmm. an unimpeded. Group races are very entertaining and good fun, but luck plays too big a part. Yeah. Because some poor guy just gets blocked in. Yeah. You know, can't get out, stuck there, they've gone. Yeah. Etc. Etc. But it's yeah. got to be. And uh, a quote, yeah, it was Mike Trimby that said it when he, um, what's the greatest season ever? I don't know, Mr. Trimby, what is it? Um, the Spencer versus Roberts year. Mm. 83 look where uh, 12 races six wins each and then Trimby looked at me and said who came third nobody cares He's, I think who gives a fuck was the act precisely yeah 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 precisely who came third who He's came third the answer by the way was Randy Mamola but uh, you know it's uh the, the same, that, that race, Rossi Lorenzo, Barcelona, yeah. who was third? Who cares? Yeah, so, so true, isn't it? You know, Rossi and Lorenzo didn't. You know, the first time they saw him was on the, on the podium, Casey? and he was, was half an hour late, and they were getting there. Was it Casey? Uh, I think it was, yes. He was, it was when he was uh, exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. I was just when you said it, I was like, I have to know this, aren't you? I have to know. <laughs> Jules has dangled that carrot, you have to. But, but there is that, you know, what we, what we want to see in sport is greatness. And we want to see those great head-to-heads. This is not what we say we want. Oh, I want 84 people, you know, lots of different bikes, lots of Brits up the front. Oh, here we are, World Superbike. Nobody watches it. You know, it's, um, it is... What we actually want to be able to do is sit here and look, and in decades tell you, I, grandchildren, I saw Mick Derwent. I saw Mark Marquez. You know, the fact that Mick won most of his by 30 seconds, neither here nor there, I saw an all-time great. And that's what you remember. Yeah. You know, it's rare, of course it is. There's only one Rumble in the Jungle. Only one uh, 1970 Brazil team, you know. It, it's... And our sport obeys the same rules as others. Mm. Mm. Jules, it's been a pleasure and an enlightenment <laughs> as always. It really has. Always opening our eyes. <laughs> Good to, to see you guys. To yeah. do this. Um, we do appreciate you joining us. Sorry for all the technical issues. I mean, some right old fun uh, editing this. Well, also, Jules, you know you're our first non rider. Am I? Oh, that's nice of you. They've all, they've all got back. Oh, sorry. We had, we had Susie. Sorry, she didn't raise Oh, Sorry, never we had Susie. You are second, Never ahead of Ma Madame Perry in a queue. No, you know. I'm sure you'd appreciate it anyway. I, 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 obviously, yeah. 
But no, all the riders are back to work, so you know, scraping around looking at neck and old no, germs. Not at all, not at all. No, 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 we can still get them. And I wore this t shirt for you. I, I was going to mention it, yeah. 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 Not about you. We, we've, uh, we've eaten in the drunken duck. And yeah, I've one of the, the drunken duck in it, Japan. It's funny, I miss going to, you know, not many things I miss at all, but I miss a trip to Japan. Yeah. Because yeah. I went there infrequently enough for it still to be fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Not to drive you mad. It's, yeah. uh, yeah, well, we miss you too out on the road, Jules, and we uh, hopefully we you well. But it's been great to hear from you and hear your your take on things. And uh, we'll be following you closely on social media at MotoGP Jules for all those who don't already, which is probably none of anyone who listens to this. But uh, there's always some fun to be had on there. Oh, um, I like it. Yeah. Basically, just go on there, criticise Liverpool, uh, and say that uh, Mark Marcus is rubbish or. Uh, Valentino is past it and Jules will come back at you in some way, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Make it interesting for you. Keeps me occupied. <laughs> Jules, it's been a pleasure. It Love has. talking to you. Enjoy race two from uh, from Herrera. Yeah, I'm, I, I shall actually be in front of the telly with a coffee. Oh, waiting waiting for your uh, words of wisdom. We've been waiting a long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cheers, Jules. Take care. Thanks, Gab. Thanks, Neil. Yeah, Good Jules, luck, the very best. Absolute pleasure, Cheers. mate. Absolute pleasure. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. Ah, oh, Jules. I'm like this. I just love him. Yeah, it's been uh, great. And he always has it. I love the fact with Jules that... And can I tell you the story? And it's always, there's a, always a great anecdote in and amongst all of it. So uh, brilliant to, to hear from Jules at the end of uh, a crazy Jules. weekend. It was. Vic, what, um, what was the question? What? Vic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was one about Bob Marley, weren't we? Oh, yeah. Do you like Bob Marley? Do you like Bob Marley? Yeah. Yeah. All right. No, there's a sports documentary we're going to watch that's supposed to be really good, but it's about cricket. But you didn't like, you didn't know anything about basketball. And we loved the Michael Jordan one. But this, I don't know what's Bob Marley got to do with cricket, Kev. Save it for, save it for, I think it's going to take a lot more explaining. All right. Okay. It's got a lot, it's got, you'll fight, you'll, we'll watch it later, we'll, we'll watch it we'll later. We'll discuss it over a beer. <laughs> Fix like. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, this has uh, been Gas It Out. For those of you who haven't been able to see myself and Neil are in the same room, you can probably tell with the audio. We had a few technical issues, which is why things perhaps don't sound uh, quite right. Uh, we are looking forward to another Grand Prix from Spain. For, it's going to be the Grand Prix of Andalusia. It's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? Um, how things are going to pan out this year with everything with coronavirus. But uh, not your usual recording of Gas It Out. We hope you've enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. I will love Jules anyway. And it's yeah, a bit different. And it's nice to get his take on things. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a legend in our industry, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And so. his knowledge of the history, that's what I was trying to say. He's studied it. He's a student of the sport, mm. isn't he? So, yeah. Um, thank you for joining us. And... Uh, Hopefully we get another good weekend of racing. You probably listen to it after the weekend. Yeah, you're laughing so. at us with hindsight. <laughs> you thought that was going to happen. You yeah. actually set of goons. So uh, yeah, but um, yeah, we'll have another guest for you next week. We're going to try, I think, next week and build up to World Superbike, which is obviously getting back on track at the same venue, which I think adds another dimension mm. to on top of that. And then British Superbike kicks off, so we'll try and uh, keep it relevant. Um, and uh, as always, please like and 
subscribe. Oh, here he is. This could be a new thing. Well, we're doing this um, not for money. We're doing it for the subs. That's what, that's what my lad says. My, my son Taylor, he, got, he started a YouTube channel or something ages ago. He doesn't do it anymore. And he's like, Dad, I've got like 90 subs. All right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, subs, is that it. what we're saying? That's what we're doing. Um, we're subs. Anyway. You had to do it. Yeah, but do it. Yeah. Um, enjoy yourselves and uh, take care. Gav. Yeah. I love you, man. Creepy woman. <laughs> yeah, it's either, it didn't work <laughs> when we sat next to each other. See you later. Ciao, ciao.